Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Forty-nine years ago today. Freedom, freedom. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Forty-nine years ago, Woodstock. With Richie Havens opened up. I was going to bath. <laughs> yeah. Love this freaking song. And you look back on an event like that, it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have been as peaceful as it was. I'm sure it wasn't as peaceful as some of the stories go. I mean, when you have a throng of people, 500,000 people deep, caught up in the mud, some on hallucinogenics and that wacky-backy, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, welcome, folks. Welcome. Is it poo? Is it mud? What is it? Well, I mean, at a certain point, uh, if you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. But welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Woodstock, I don't know if it still has the the same... I I was wondering about that because... but... But why why don't we have music fests like that anymore that attract as many people? I think the closest thing we have right now is Coachella. Somewhat. Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Yeah. Yeah. Coachella's for old people. And then there are, um, I'm not really that big with the scene, but a lot of EDM, electronic music festivals have that vibe. Yeah, raves. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff like that. But are we talking 500,000 people? That, that would never happen now. No, no something would big. explode. People would get murdered. That was a un- really, really unique thing. Um, and then there were later Woodstocks or later music festivals where things did not even go well in the '60s. Lollapalooza. Oh, Ooh, what? Yeah, those yeah. were something. That's Perry Farrell's thing. Mm. And I remember uh, those from '94. '94 was the big Lollapalooza where it rained just a little. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everybody was really, really brown. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, disgusting man. Yeah. That is nuts. Now, Seth, real quickly, could you do me a favor? Swing that mic over to where it's in front of you, to where it's the one you're going to talk into, because the mic you were sitting in front of is making a squeal. Now I'm turning it off. Uh, oh, and now we have pure silence. Can I hear this? Yeah, yeah. Thank are you. Yeah, are you turned up? 
I, I'm turned on now. Yeah, <laughs> much better. <laughs> okay. that, that, that's a nice way to put that. So, uh, Seth, you were saying no. off air that you had a question for Mr. Joseph. Okay, here. before you ask your question, <laughs> kind <laughs> sir. All right. I'm feeling a little, um, what's the word? A little, uh, I gotta shake it out of myself. What's the word? I'm feeling a little oversexed. Not in the sense that I've had too much sex, but that I feel like on the show, and I'm doing it right now, we always come back to talking about sex. You so I, I kind of want to create, I'm not doing it yet, but I kind of want to sit in a big chair like the Pope. Actually, I'm not going to bring up the Pope these days, not with what's in the news. I kind of want to sit as some authority figure, like I'm the emperor of the world and say, when it comes to Joey's show, at least for now, at least for tonight, no more talk about sex. All right. I, I will agree to your circumstances, kind sir. My questions are not what I've heard other people talk about. And um, you know me. I'm a little crazy. But yeah. uh, I'll leave a you be little. for this time. And I'm in just, a good way. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, it's in a different way. I'm just lucky I have friends like you guys because most people don't even put up with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. You, you, I swear you remind me of Tommy Chung, dude. Yeah, you're so sweet. <laughs> okay, so I... um. I was hanging out with uh, fiance and M. Okay. And well, I wasn't hanging out, but I, I called him and I was like, "Hey man, what you doing?" You know, he's like, "Hey man," and I was like, "Oh, what you guys doing? Oh, we're cooking breakfast." I was like, "All right, you okay. might care if me rose hot by." Oh, no problem. So he's cooking breakfast, and um, we we no, 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 tap tap tap. Nobody answers. Tap 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 tap. He answers, opens the door, and then we come bust him in there. You know, me and Rose, and then we walk in there, and then we were like, it was like, "Did you knock? Did you just walk in? I didn't even know you were coming." Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. I'm, I knocked. I'm, I'm, but I'm, wait, did you knock and then just walk in? No, no, I, I don't do that because uh, right. you, you see things you don't want to see. Exactly. I mean, back in the day when uh, when fiancé was best friend and not boyfriend or husband, I used to bust up in there, you know. Right. Now, uh-uh, you better knock. Oh, yeah, especially E-squared. E-squared uh, does not play that. Yeah, man, especially when they're making E-cubed. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I have to say, when I'm I'm in my uh, my humble home, and somebody just shows up, I'll welcome them in. But in my head, I'm like, why the hell are you here? I didn't invite you. So so wait a minute. So have you had guests at the new new boudoir? Not really. We still have a whole front room full of boxes. And as far as my boudoir, no, I've been the only one there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How, how are you liking it? Is it? I like it. I like it a lot. The new area and stuff? Yeah, is... we, we kind of cut our uh, square footage in half, and I like it. It made us economize on all our crap. It made us sort of reorganize, and yet, though we have a smaller living room, the whole red velvet sectional fits snugly, snugly. with our big TV and our nice sound system. Like, we could watch our Woodstock DVD. Oh, uh, you have one? Oh yeah, Sweet. we've got it. But you know, I was looking at the uh, the set list, and Woodstock is obviously still iconic. I think, especially next year when it'll be the true fiftieth anniversary, um, it'll be all sorts of things about Woodstock. But it's like, oh my God, how many how many decades must we celebrate this old hippie fest? 
Well, because it was a cha- it was no, it was a changing of the guard because you think about the music change, the culture in general, the American culture, mm-hmm. which up until that point had been so stiff about everything, mm-hmm. finally loosened up because mm-hmm. they were mostly high most of the time, but they loosened up. Ain't nothing changed about that. That's gotten worse. Uh, You've been to California. Whew. I, I can't say I've, I've been, been to Cal- I can't say I've been to California, mm. but I can say the Victorian attitude, like at places like here, have changed. Well, oh, that is definitely true. But I am going to California. Are you? Yeah, with an aching in my heart. Oh, cool. Get just, yourself. Get just yourself. quote a little lead right there. <laughs> get, get yourself together. Joseph. No, I'm not actually going to California. No, but I think yeah, I think the cultural ramification. It's a nice symbol, and that. Aerial shot of five hundred thousand people That's cool. together is—it's uh, pretty remarkable. Some of the performances, though, by the time Hendrix takes the stage, it's the last day. I think it's day three. He's the last act. And by that point, that shot of five hundred thousand people has shrunk down to I think something like thirty thousand. Because I mean, that's still a lot of folks. That's still a lot of people. I mean, imagine getting lost in five... I've been lost in 10,000 people, and getting lost in 500,000 people, you would never find your way back. Right. But his um, his Star Spangled Banner is oh. uh, still iconic to this day, and I think it still kind of expresses a, a pain. Because, I mean, Hendrix served, so to speak. He was... Now, now didn't Joplin perform, too? Maybe. Janis Joplin? I'll have to look it up again. Yeah, I think she did. But I know the band did. The Who did. Jefferson Starship. Jefferson Starship. They, there are they, a few. See, thank goodness we got Seth here. Why? No, you can tell us who played. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm uh, very picky about my uh, older music that I listen to. Huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm just into it all. Yeah, I, I'm not picky about my 90s stuff. I, I like my my 90s stuff heavier, but back in the day, that stuff is um, Zeppelin, Doors, uh, Janis, uh, yeah. big Jimmy fan because I played like he did. Um, So, I mean... That's, okay, that's yeah. what's up. Mentioning that, I seen something on the uh, Book of Faces Yeah, that interests me. Um, They're actually bringing back the VW bus. At 2020, yeah, the, at 20 tw- in 2020, uh, Volkswagen is releasing the new one. I saw an old one today. I was at a shop and there was a VW bus, and I had never seen one. And I was like, "Oh, cool, man!" Because like I, a true old school, yeah, an old yeah. school. And okay. I mean, it was a pretty good paint job on it. And interior was, I mean, better than what you would think. And of course, the motors in the back. And I was like, oh, how cute. This thing is so tiny. I feel like I can pick it up. Yeah. You know, so I went back there and I like stuck my head in the hole where the motor's at. Yeah. And everything is so little. There's like two pulleys on the belt yeah. and like the distributor's the size of a tennis ball. Did you, yeah. see, did you feel like Andre the Giant? Yeah, I touched yeah. stuff and I was like, ooh. But, but, you, but you know what? Every time I look at that thing, I just think one thing. Mystery Machine. Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zoinks. It, exactly, but... You know, I'm, I'm. It's kind of a symbol of that time, and I'm glad they're bringing it back. And one of the reasons the VP, the vice president of uh, Volkswagen, was saying is through the years the old one has become so popular. He was like, I don't know why we haven't brought it back. So in 2020, they're releasing the new version, which actually looks like the old version. That's it's just what I was say. new amenities. That's what the man they're bringing back the Jeep. Looks nothing like a Jeep. Bring back the Bronco. It looks nothing like a Bronco. Yeah, the new Bronco is not going to look like the old OJ Bronco. Oh man, <laughs> you were talking about that the other night. Yeah, <laughs> you never think about that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a part of me whether it's a VW bus 
or whether it's a Bronco, or hell, whether it's like an old Winnebago. Ooh. Just get one of those cars, become a nomad, going cross-country, see what weird crap I can find. And you would find a lot of weird craps yeah, traveling the highways. The older I get, the more I find not only are other people weird, but I have aspects to myself that if I let them go, I mean, like the devil could come up and get you. Well, and you well, realize you're looking at him in the mirror. But, but, you embrace that stuff, and then when you look at him in the mirror, you're like, I know what you're trying to do. See, but I don't think you should necessarily embrace every impulse. Like no, that. no, not You know what I mean? You, but you see the impulses face-to-face, and then you acknowledge him. And but, mm-hmm. but, but you know what? I think with age, people become less inhibited. So it's like, well, no, I didn't really party or get wild when I was younger. So that's when you have people in their 50s and 60s like, hey, whatever, let's do it. Getting hammered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But grandma smoke, smoking a... a, a that's a, different. That's for her glaucoma. And stuff. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> now, I said earlier I, I didn't want to talk about um, sex anymore. And I don't, not in the uh, sort of cheeky, funny way or any of my sexcapades or any of y'all's of course um or relationships and dating and marriage um (laughs) but you did mention brandon we've brought this up for a little bit uh, on other past shows and i'm seeing the headlines now um on our television screen uh that people are trying to mainstream or say that uh uh, pedophilia Mm-hmm. Is just a, it's just another sexual orientation in this panoply of many different persuasions we have. And then the other headline is hundreds of Pennsylvania Catholic priests uh, abused thousands of children. But, but Eye for an eye. Well, well, well no, no, no. Chop that sucker's... Let little man do it. Man. Well, 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 this is... This well, most of them are dead. Yeah, yeah, but this is the, the kids, the priests, the priests. Really? Oh, this oh. goes back. Only two of the cases are still within the statute of limitations. And, and see, your first question needs to yeah. be: How how does something like this happen for so long, yeah. and nothing gets reported? Number one, I think that not only had it been reported, it probably was covered up. Of course, oh, of course, e- of course. E- either families paid off, or the local law enforcement just, well, hey, I go to that parish, so. It didn't happen to me, so let me just sweep this under the rug. We'll just move the father to another parish, and everything will go back to normal. Well, what do you think he's going to do with that other parish? And now, all that stuff that they swept over under the rug, like everything, it's under the rug, and the rug is getting lifted up. It's nice. You know, because all that stuff that people weren't supposed to be doing, that they were doing, and it's like, hmm, I wonder what's next. Well, but when you're talking about hundreds of clergy members, and this is the uh, church I was raised in, not I was raised in Alabama, not the Pennsylvania church. I was raised a Roman Catholic. Um, my uncle is a Roman Catholic priest. He's a Monsignor, even. And you know, I was just saying about the how evil can kind of you realize, oh, something pops up yourself within you and you have to face it in the mirror um, I am sick like sickened mm-hmm. by this idea of an institution that Catholic meaning literally universal that doesn't claim to be perfect might have better understandings one day is welcoming of sinners for that institution to see that devil in the mirror and for people with power 
in that institution to cover it up and to continue to allow this to be perpetuated is just disgusting. And it makes me sick. Well, well, you remember the old saying, the highway to hell is paved with good intentions? Mm-hmm. There it is. Well, and here's the thing. When you hold yourself up as we have not only the truth on our side, but goodness and faith, the correct faith, love on our side, I guess... If, you f- if you're found not to be upholding these ideals and these virtues, well, the right thing to do is to admit it well, and well, come at, to terms with it. But at the same time, people need to realize that a lot of these people who have this these titles and stuff like that, at the end of the day, they're what first? Every day they wake up, they're people. They're people, yes. You and know, this is where the titles get the best of us. These mantles I, that we I, I was about to say, it's not, the, it's not them. It's their title that people see, you know, oh, you're a priest, so you're always right. I don't know where people get that perception or that ideal from. Oh, if some, it's a, I think it's an old Southern joke, like the reverend will come, invite him over to Sunday dinner and he'll steal your, your chicken, your fried chicken, but more than that. I mean, like, <laughs> there, it's, there's something about when we trust somebody. That's what makes me so sick, is that you want to trust that person. Because they're not only a mentor in terms of the practical aspects of life, but a mentor into the deeper, more profound questions life has. So you, you understand they're people, but this you went to school for this. You're part of an institution that is supposed to inculcate respect and love for the dignity of each person made in the image and likeness of God. And yet when you find out hundreds of your clergymen, not just parishioners, not just people that claim to follow your faith, but actual people that are in your organization, married to God via your organization, and you cover it up. I'm sorry to keep ranting and raving, but it just... uh, well, it's a shame too that it comes out now well, when they're dead. You got that right. Well, well, well. Why do, why do you think it's coming out now? Because the statute of limitations is up on a lot of those, and well, people are now speaking up, and people have actually started to look into it. Well, and the apparently think? initially the the Vatican says no comment. Well, uh, I'm sure they'll come out. With I, a I mean, maybe, maybe the Vatican stopped paying paying the payments, or hey. I don't know. Because, I mean, you remember when all this stuff came out the first time, or in the yeah. beginning, you know, you, you figured they would have done it then, but it's, I mean, it's they're, just, they're, well, they're well, power. Well, I mean, well, church you, is like God, or mm-hmm. church is like government. They got that power, oh, man. That, well, well, like well, well you, you, you think about this. Okay, priests that are doing this, but you also have teachers that are doing this. They're well, just, a, they're, they're, wait a minute, they're just as trusted. But them teachers, a lot of them get caught. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because yeah. and you think these priests don't? It's just exactly. It's just the organization moves them from place to place, yeah. pays the family off to be quiet, and we we keep moving like nothing's happened. That see, man, that's terrible, terrible. Yeah, I mean, I mean with the teachers. What did you get that picture and that kid with the story? And then it, it's you know, I mean, plaster her face all over everything or his face, you know, and I mean the the teachers and the 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 clergymen need to be treated the same way. They need to get a bother. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, it can't because 
like we talked about the double standard of the sexes, you have a double standard when it comes to titles, too. Oh. Yeah. Those titles mean something. Yeah, the preacher. Yeah, you know, especially priests. Well, no, we're not going to send him to prison. We're going to send him to a nice little government psychiatric facility. We can and fix we'll, him. And we'll fix him in two years of electroshock therapy. and mm -hmm. He'll be fine. You know, how, how about this? How about we let them marry women? Yeah, well, I don't know if that'll necessarily help. But, I, I, uh, I, I mean, it, it would at least curb it. I mean, try, trying to swear off sex forever, that's not the answer. Yeah, but I just, I, I think there's something else going on here. And it's one of those things where I don't even necessarily want to look into it. It's one of those things that gets me so angry that it makes me think vengeance here and wanting your pound of flesh, eye for an eye, as you said earlier, yeah. Seth, is not the right approach, especially given that most of these people are now dead. And uh, if they have met their maker, they're probably in some circle of hell. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. Important. But I mean, I I try I, I try to think. Well, I'll give it a specific example. One of the cases was an eighteen month oh. old. Mm. Eighteen months. Oh my god. And then back to what brought this up. There are people trying to say, "Oh, this is just a uh, this is just a persuasion." And all 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 types, that. anything you like, is allowed. That's man. Mm. Well, they've had so many court cases of this. They had to try to make try to normalize it or what have you. And like I was making the point that you know it wasn't even fifty years ago that you had fifteen year old girls marrying. Guys in their thirties. So this probably standards do change too. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably started in the beginning, you know, and uh, in the beginning of the the Catholic Church, and it probably started with like one or two, and then I mean, what was this? Hundreds well, of. I think it, it starts when it. I don't think this is specific to Catholic doctrine and thinking. Well, all obviously over. not, but I think what happens is when an organization becomes so powerful that it is still, despite I think it's a little bit of a fallen status in the modern world, it's still this symbol of authority, of God, of, oh, oh, okay. of what, power. And I think when an organization becomes that powerful, that they don't only have the means to cover something up because they're self-governing in many respects. They, they emanate. The, the Pope is, the Vatican is a sovereign nation. And so... You can make jokes, you can damn them to hell, but I think this is a perfect example of when an institution, even when it has this beautiful mantle and all the, these riches, and this, I think, in many ways, a good tradition, good traditions well, and good teachings, that power corrupts people. And so you get pockets what? within all these organizations that just do horrible things, and to save face, they cover it up. But at the same time, a lot of people are forgetting that, you know, back in the way back when, before the Vatican was formed and all that, the Catholic Church murdered hundreds, Murder you know, in the, in, the, in the name of faith. And, hey, we're all going to worship this one God. All these other guys, we're going to do away with them. And, you know, during the night, they just killed people. Well, and it's it, it, get, it gets me in this state of mind where it's like Catholic Church did that. I mean, a lot of the life of Muhammad is that of a conqueror. 
Killing yeah, and I mean, conquering that's others. That's what it's about. Killing a guy that thinks differently. And, oh, of course. Of uh, course. I mean, the history of the United States, like the headline earlier today, and I can't believe he said it just from a political point of view. Like, just it's a stupid thing to say. Um, is Andrew Cuomo, the uh, governor of New York, mm-hmm. he said, well, America's not that great. And even though he's in front of a crowd of supporters, or America never was that great. Even in front of us, a crowd of his supporters are like, huh? What? Well, and, well, well, and, well, 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 and the reason I bring this up Brandon, okay. is because there is a lot of examples in American history of horrible things done. Not just one-offs, things that were part of the system to begin with. And, and, you, and you know what? I've talked to you about this off-air. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off, but... That's just like that show I was telling you about with Jeff Daniels. It's called uh, Newsroom. Mm-hmm. One of the first episodes was him talking at a college campus. And the girl, the college girl asked him a question. Why do you think America is the greatest? Co-? And he just, he flies off and just name all these random facts. And he was like, and he ends it with, why do I think America is great? It's not. Yeah. I don't know what the crap you're talking about. Yosemite? Well, and it's a pretty epic speech, um, and you can hear the angst of Aaron Sorkin's pen and mind there. Really, I think, is typing uh, in that speech. Because the first person who answers that question on that panel says, I guess representing the conservative, freedom. Yeah. America's great, because and as a libertarian, I'd like to think there are aspects of the U.S. tradition that I think uphold liberty in a, a way that I would fight for and defend. But it's not why it's great. And I don't think... The reason we need liberty is because it makes us great. The other person says something about, oh, the funding of the arts and opportunities and equality. The PC answers. And it was a great point, and it comes back to this. Rather than worrying about how great we are or how holy we are or how rich we are, all these things, I think you have to just take the basic steps to begin with. That you actually have to look out at your individual life and the people directly in front of you, whether it's you two gentlemen or it's people in my family or other friends I have, and make sure you're doing the right thing by yourself and them. That's true. And instead of walking around saying, I'm so great, I'm so great, I'm so awesome and holy and right, and I have the truth on my side, and I'm ready to fight for it, how about you check whether or not you have those things in the first place? And if those things come in the process, protect yourself. Because somebody will take that legacy you have built, and they might very well twist it using something you have built. Well, well, of course. And then, like I uh, said in one of our earlier shows, if you ever think about running for political office or doing anything great, don't have a past. Because they will take (laughs) something you did at the age of 18 and just vilify you as the most horrible person that ever lived. I am never going to be in any of that. It's never going to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) I have done a lot of dumb things that I don't remember. Um, Okay, one thing I want to say is back to what we were saying earlier about uh, El Pope. Mm -hmm. Uh, You remember he said something about... uh, 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 divorce. He's kind of been okay about being. Oh wait, no, is it divorce or being gay or something like that? How the the, the church is kind of okay with it now? Oh well, yes. Okay. I, I mean that that came out. I mean, it, I don't think it's actually that big of a move from. It's the whole thing was love the sinner, not 
the same. The same. Okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, I have no problem with that. It's fine. And now, I'm curious of what he's going to say about this. I know you said that they said no comment. Initially. And here's the problem, and too. I, and boy, I'd be, man, it's well, going to be... Here's the reason why I'm hedging, too, is because there's a lot of stuff that gets reported about what the Vatican said that ends up not being true. So I'm waiting. Well, 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 well um, a lot of people don't know. The Vatican has their PR department. Oh, true. So they're like, okay, hey, spin this. Well, Let's, no, and this is where I think of somebody like my uncle. I'm not going to give out his name. And if people who know me, I guess you can figure out who I'm talking about. But I think at one point he was being groomed to go to Rome. To be in the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. And he sort of, he, I don't think it was just an outright no, but he, he turned it down. And I think he told me that I don't want to be part of this hierarchy, this power thing. I've always just wanted to be a local pastor who heard people when they had problems, whether it's somebody who's sick and dying or at a great event like people getting married. That's what it's about right there. Or helping, you know, actually raise kids, not exploit them. I just want to be there for a local community of people I know. And I thought that decision to say, no, I don't want the power and the riches and the notoriety. I just want to be a guy who helps people at a local level, um, no matter what it is, I believe, at this point in terms of my own faith. That touches me to this day. It touches my soul in the sense that uh, to see somebody in my own family who made that decision and who did it, I think, for the right reasons, to now I know it's this sort of news. He wears the collar. See this sort of news come out, and he wears that every day. But and I know what people will say and joke about and assume I've made the jokes myself. Well, well but every every church this or hurts. faith has had their bad times. Yeah. You know, they've had brushes with scandal and stuff like that. But at least you know that when it all comes down to it, he had the option to go here or go here, yeah. and he followed his heart, yeah. which is very hard for people to do because your power gets it to you. You know, you get that little, uh, that, that money boner, you know. And, I mean, <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, well, I mean. And when it abs- all comes down to it, it's all about what you really want. Well, here's one thing, and I want to. We got to hit a break here, okay? Soon, uh, but I had a, the guy who invited me to that conference several months ago, Sean Malone. Yeah, uh, he wrote a, a brief article. Uh, they sort of shared how he directs the media he creates, like his team there over at Fee, uh, and it's from th- uh, something called the Scarf Model, um, created by a guy named David Rock. And the scarf model is essentially that there are um, there are universal kind of built-in things to people. Whether you're talking about the Catholic Church of 500 years ago, or the rise of Islam, or the Mongols, or ancient China, or the early United States, or the United States today. Okay. And, you know, whatever race you are, man, woman, sexual orientation, people generally... And more research is done. People kind of care about these things. And SCARF is an acronym. And it's status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And Sean puts it this way. He said that we can, well, 
either help people to achieve these things, and the way he puts it, I think, is pretty well. Giving people the tools to improve their status, gain certainty about the world, gain more control over their own lives, feel related to others, and build community, and maintain a sense of fairness about their interactions with other people, or we can try to negate these things or pick out one of these things and say it's bad and make people feel worse about themselves. And he kind of applies it later in the article to things today. Um, but I, I don't know, I sit back and I think the world's a little bit gone mad because of things like this. It would be easy for me, out of my anger, mm-hmm. to continue to rail against uh, the church I was raised in. It would be very opportunistic and easy for me to say, oh, this is why I'm no longer Catholic. This is why I'm an atheist. But that's not why. That's not this Stuff like this isn't why I wouldn't choose to be Catholic. Stuff like this doesn't shake my faith w- because people are imperfect. Again, as you said earlier, Brandon, they're, they're people. At the it, end of the day. It would be yeah. easy. I, I kind of want to take the uh, a bigger view here and, well, it comes back to how much power can corrupt. And Absolutely. instead of finding how other people are corrupt and saying, oh, I'm going to be the one to fix all this corruption, whether it's the church or the state, how about I step back and realize, well, I could see it myself. And occasionally when you just let things flow and you just enjoy life and follow your heart, you might end up a local pastor or you might, you know, even in the midst of uh, smoke and mud and blood and sweat, <laughs> you might find yourself playing acoustic guitar in front of 500,000 people. That can't be recreated. Probably never. So deal with the corruption and hope for those uh, spontaneous moments like 49 years ago to this day that make you change your mind and, in fact, can change a culture. Joey Clark. Clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands. Joey Clark. Welcome back. You For that bridge, though, that's a theme tonight. Love Let's get it. That right there. That right there. That is my church. That is my faith right there. When somebody can hit a note like that with that sort of message, think about what you are doing with your own life, what's going on around you. Oh, oh yeah, man. And put it in this powerful, entertaining way. Oh, yeah, and I just got to shout her out right now. She's uh, 
going through some things. You know, she's kind of ill right now, bedridden. And I just, yeah. I really wanted to shout her out today. You know, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. You know. There's some people that are amazing that way. They can touch so many lives. Through music or yeah. art or yeah, whatever it may be. It's quite remarkable. I was watching America's Gone Talent last night. Yeah. And, um... I, I've heard that you've been watching some of the shows that I, I catch sometime, like The Four. Well, the, I, I caught The Four. The Four's done. Um, and the guy I liked, he won it. Who? Um, and I'm already forgetting his the name. The little rapper guy? No. No, no, no. He was done after that round. No, it was oh, okay. the guy who was in the British boy band. Uh, James something? Uh, see, I, mean, I watched some of that stuff. Cause, I thought he'd win. But, uh, and he did. Last night, America's Got Talent. This little 12-year-old, 14-year-old girl. Jamming, boy. Sound just like Janice. Oh, getting down. I was like, yeah. And she had this long hair and she had this these jeans on and she was just she's feeling it. She was doing it. She got up there and started talking to him. She was like, Well, nobody really gets me. And they were like, I get you, we get you, screw everybody else. We got you. And I was like, Man, that is awesome for that girl to chase her little dreams being crazy and not yeah. being like anybody else and just being a little whole hippie because you could see Janice in her because she had that long <laughs> hair all the way down to her waist straight brown right. and just hippie in it well, out well well, you have to think it's, it's funny that people don't believe in past lives but I don't know sometimes it's a music a culture that just correlates with you yeah. like I believe Joey probably used was to be Jesus or, or no. used to. Or, or, Do not put that on I'm me, Ricky saying, Bobby. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. no, no, no. I want to go fast. Uh, no, but I, I think like his whole, his whole thing is like the '80s. Like I think he would have been grown back in the '80s. Oh yeah, that would have been his time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mine baby. was the stock of wood. Oh yeah. Yeah. Late I'm '60s, like, early that. '70s. Uh, I've been told that my whole life. Alice man. Cooper type. Back in the day, like when I was growing up, people were like, "You were born in the wrong era, Seth." My teachers and, and have if, told me it that feels like that sometimes. Like, like you've missed your your time. Well, you the music it, and stuff like make that. It what it is? No, I could see myself though, like you know, twenty four hundred years ago, like over two thousand years ago, in what uh, one it was called the Garden. It was Epicurus's school, where even and at that time, fairly progressive. Uh, women and slaves and indentured servants and people could come to learn and think about the world, build friendship, mm. enjoy good food and drink and um, and learn balance. Like kind of a temperate and prudent hedonism. What gives you pleasure? What gives you pain? And uh, I get I, that relates to me. That idea of just you know, <laughs> no, just hanging no, out you would with fit people. good with the Romans, man. That, oh, that's the what Romans I'm saying. Did work now, now that's what I'm saying. He would fit good with like the thinkers of the time, Plato mm-hmm. and yeah, Socrates. Just, you know, the, just, just guys who even, just thought who just sat around thinking about stuff that's outside the bounds. See, of but reality. I don't want to be those guys. I want to be the guys just hanging out with them, like hanging out and that's seeing what's going on. That's the guy that really did all the stuff. See, like if it was Jesus this time, I, I wouldn't even want to be one of the disciples. But I certainly wouldn't want to be part of the crowd who's yelling, yelled death. I don't want to be Pontius Pilate. <laughs> I just want to be kind of that shepherd who's hanging out. And it's like, wait, what happened in the town? Dude, this Whoa. bush said some stuff to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's burning. <laughs> No, I, just, I think it's... I ate the blue acid at Woodstock. <laughs> 1969 B.C. No, but then you have to wonder, does stuff like that actually happen to people? That we might diagnose as, like, schizophrenia? You're talking about a show that you're watching where... Yeah, 
Um, it's called perception. And the whole thing is this uh, profiler works with the FBI. He's a local college professor. But the thing is, he's known as a schizophrenic. Mm. So throughout the day when he's doing these cases with the officers and stuff like that, his mind will come up with different things to help him along the case. Right. Like he had a case where an army guy got killed. And the whole time he's seen, he's seen General Patton yeah. talk to him. Like something doesn't seem right with that soldier. And it's his mind telling him, okay, something in that story is not right. And, well, and I love how that's saying that something that's now diagnosed as a mental illness helps know, him. Could it be something that it, that's useful, that's interesting, that helps? Like dream analysis. This sort of is dream is dreaming just some weird subconscious thing that doesn't mean anything, or does it actually? Dimension, man. Are you actually processing something, you know, in your mind, or um, like, well, going back, I think about something like the burning bush or a lot of the imagery um, and the storytelling and the Bible. And I see it as like, well, this is people best trying to explain profound ideas that they're only beginning to think about and explain. And it's carried on through this immense uh, tradition. Well, well, you think about the, the hippie days mm -hmm. where people just sat around in a circle and exchanged ideas. Yeah, yeah they were high, but a lot of the ideas that came... <laughs> when does that always come well, up, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. But they were drunk, too. Hold on, hold on. They were probably dirty <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah but yeah. they smelled like... Who? But but you know what? A lot of the ideas that came out of those exchanges are ideas that revolutionized not only California but America as we know it. I could do without some of those revolutions, though. Really? You can no, do I could do without. I could do without the now old, used to be hippies who are now these authority figures who are teaching kids to like revolt. And like the world's unfair and against you, and the way we beat this is by tearing the system down, man. Did it's like, no, you are the man. Wait, yeah, wait, exactly. wait, Hillary uh, Clinton. What, what, oh. Hold on, hold on. But you, you say that that's just like that movie accepted. Lewis Black. That's what he was teaching. Yeah, you know, yeah. And if you listen to Lewis Black's comedy, that's a lot of what he teaches. You well, know? But that's that's where I think the mistake is. You're not going to make this world better by tearing crap down. By tearing down the system, man. You're not. <laughs> what, what, because that? what's going to happen is you're going to be the ones running things now. Yeah. And you're going to end up being just like the a-holes you pulled down. you got to go at it differently. <laughs> well, well how, how, do you, how do you go at it? Communication. Yeah, I like think a good it's relationship. self-improvement and not getting too caught up in just yourself. Finding that way to relate to others and build community and do it well, along a way that well, is as fair as possible. Well, yeah. I can tell you two reasons that's never going to happen. Well, well, it may never happen. It may not happen, but man, I can hope and I can <laughs> dream. You know why? Because I'm a freaking hippie, man. Yeah. And I, yeah. Well, 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 yeah. That's why hippies got got beaten up too. But, I got beat up. But but you, but you know what? The the one word you used and you used it earlier, fairness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The that's just like that's the divide between America right now. The one percent can can never be fair enough to the lower class, and vice versa. Now, it's interesting because I brought up the SCARF concept earlier. Yes. And the last in that acronym, F, is fairness. And, 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 and this guy, Sean, brings this up. I don't want to read this. He says, finally, we have, quote-unquote, fairness. And this is his analysis. He says, this is probably the most interesting idea here in, in SCARF because, on the one hand, we now live in a world where the dominant trend is to talk about 
nothing but fairness. Like, what is fair? What is not fair? He says, Sean Malone does, unfortunately, the way people talk about fairness now is incredibly negative. The general trend is to describe how inherently unfair the world is and then blame this on a series of oppressors hell-bent on maintaining their own power at young people's expense. Well, you, you think, about, think about this, though. Think about our Pledge of Allegiance with liberty and justice for all. For all. Now, that, that pledge was made back at a time where you oh, know, half yeah. the world was enslaved. Yeah. Here. And I just thought that was so fun. And that's kind of what started the abolitionist movement because right. as more slaves learned how to read, they were like, wait a minute. Well, what is this liberty that they want from England? And the guys who and, wrote it. Exactly. A lot of them actually believed it. But they're dealing with other guys who don't. So it's going to be a fight. And here's the beautiful thing. You set that up as an ideal and you keep marching towards it the best you can. I think, though, the idea is liberty and justice for all, that there can be an equal sense, and this is the only sort of equality I believe in, equal sense of liberty and justice. I don't believe in equal wealth, because I don't think it ever happened. People aren't equally gifted or talented. Some people are better singers and all these things out there. But I think if you create a system, a legal system, that aims for these sort of things, uh, you can find... I, I don't know, liberty and justice for all. But if you set up a conversation about fairness, as my friend Sean says, as us versus them, then I think you're going to fall into a trap where you're not going to create liberty and justice for Which all. Which makes it worse. Well, well I mean... Like, you're going you're to want to punish the evildoer. You don't need two sides, you need one side. But see, how, how do you get people who are so divisive on, on a subject? I mean, that would be like me trying to talk to you about wealth when, you know, you've lived most of the lower class most of your life and you've learned how to work with your hands. But me, who's never worked with my hands, I can't relate to you. It's just being open-minded and, and just trying. I mean, the, 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 the open-mindedness does it. If you're going to be a closed-minded person, that is probably the beginning of the downfall. I mean, it's not closed-minded. It's just things can't be understood. You know, somebody who, who doesn't have a blue-collar mentality can't understand the working man. What have you really tried? You think yeah. that it's completely... It's a doable a, thing. Maybe it's unlikely. To well, 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 no, no. It would have to be something like undercover boss. Like you would have to get a guy yeah. who's part of the one percent go work in in, a, in one of his mechanic shops. Man, I love those show. I always end up crying. Oh, oh yeah, because they always help the <laughs> unlikely you, manager. But or, I think if you look at a lot of the people who have found success in this country, a lot of them did those jobs. They started yeah. that. No. And I'm not talking about the, the billionaire guy with the suit, the guy who got a quick gig because oh, he's oh, freaking oh, brilliant oh, and had opportunities oh, oh, and got oh, on Wall oh, Street. Oh, no, no, no. Think about our president who started. A lot of people don't know this. He yeah. started his company with a million dollars. That he say, borrowed from his father. Exactly. Yeah. So how many of our parents well, has well, a million dollars well, to loan us? But, right, but if that's you not did, most people have found success. Would they? And they probably would. And there's what are the chances of you screwing it up, and what are the chances of you doing it? But if you had the opportunity, you would do it. If you had the opportunity. We don't. We don't. We'd go at it a different way. You know, it's just opportunity, man. That's how it is. Well, and I also think that most people who find success in this country don't start that way. Oh, of course not. In this country, if if the only way you can have that sort of success is to inherit it, this country 
I mean, it was founded mostly by people who were poor and trying to find another way. It was founded by people who were enslaved and trying to find freedom out of that bondage. It was founded by people who were indentured servants, people who were often in other countries and even in this country considered criminals. And then you had, yes, big land grant owners. Well, 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 no. Well, no you had all be, sorts of things. Because a lot of your big families now come from poor families that got rich through prohibition. You know, Some is prohibition. A lot of it was yeah, prohibition. Yeah, talk about entrepreneurship there. Mm, <laughs> I don't think the Bushes butt. was too far into entrepreneurship. Well, I, I don't think the Kennedys were too far into entrepreneurship. Sure. You know, sure. I'm just, I'm just saying. But I would say that what actually made this country wealthy is the deal to the middle class person or to the lower class person is that we'll leave you alone. And if you become successful, we're not going to resent you for it, as long as you don't then turn around and use that power to hold other people back. That essentially the deal is this. That guy might get richer than me, but if I allow him to get rich by serving other people in the community, I bet you my kids will have more and more opportunities. Better chance. Yeah. It's how we've we're had... Selfless. Well, we've well, had a 4,000% increase in wealth in this country in the last 200 years. That's unprecedented well, in well, human let, history. Let, let, let me stop you there. Answer, unprecedented. Answer me this. How many billionaires, and I'm going to say this again, billionaires mm-hmm. of color do you think we have? Off the top of my head, I, I would say a few hundred. Out of the 153. There are 153 billionaires only? I thought inflation was worse than that. And Oh, no, if there are only 153 billionaires, it would be a much lesser number. I was maybe three. millionaires. Three or... No, just three. Just three. That's it. Yet we're the number one consumer in the world. Yeah. And I just, I, I find that very... But that's already telling. a pretty elite club. One fifth, there are only 150 billionaires. 153. 153. I bet, I, I bet that quite a few of those were born into it. Nah, because isn't Jay-Z a billionaire? He wasn't born into it. Nope. Well, I said quite a few of those, not all of them. Oprah? Oh, the other billionaires. Well, but then... I'm talking about the white folks, man. (laughs) I mean, but there are stories of some of these billionaires who are are self-made. And they just... Everybody, you know. You've got to be pretty ruthless in order to make that amount of money. But then also, you get people like Warren Buffett, who's incredibly frugal. There's one guy named, I think, Dave Pena, who is foul mouth but like freaking brilliant and he took a a pretty miserable job working in the oil industry not making a lot of money and he kind of took his money invested made more money invested and he just was brilliant in how he went about it and he now you know coaches people um i i don't know i generally think the problem these days is that there's a lot of resentment a lot of people are frustrated and on the left and the right, the plan is to go run to the authority figure or the positions of authority, take it over, and if you have power, make the power work for you. And I just do not think that is going to serve us well. If well, it be I, in, I mean, what we're but, fighting but, over is a immense amount of power over one another. Well, well but I mean, you, you have to think that's America's history, though. The, the powerful is all, have always reigned over the powerless. Yeah, but America's also the place that lives, started to live up to those ideals we talked about. 
in some in very few aspects. Because in all these years, some things haven't changed. But in less than a generation, man. Don't give up on it, man. Don't give up on it. Oh, I'm not giving up on it, but it we have a long way to go.